G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. I would ask the spirits all kinds of things like, where can I park? And really simple things. And then I would just help people if they were feeling sick. I would um, ask for the energy to come through the universe. I wanted to know if it was real. And I experienced it was actually real. I just didn't realise what the truth was behind it. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Today, we begin with a warning to parents that we'll be discussing topics related to the occult. Specifically, the clairvoyant is someone who claims to have a supernatural ability to perceive events in the future. And a medium is a person who claims spirits speak through them. Our guest today, Sue Marrick, has had experience being both, but she's now stepped out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. Sue is chatting with Eric Scatterbo in our Melbourne studios, along with author and speaker, Samantha Jackal. Sue Merrick, welcome to the program. Thanks, Eric. It's nice to be here. Glad to have you with us. And also joining us today is author and speaker, Samantha Jackal. Hi, Eric. Nice to be with you. Glad to have you with us. And I should say that the reason why we are even chatting with Sue Merrick today is because you suggested her as a guest. Yeah, yeah, I did when we were chatting on the phone. Mm -hmm. So I met Sue a few weeks ago or a few months now. I had to meet her for another uh, situation within the church. And so I went over to meet her and we got talking. And in that talk, we started talking about Sue's testimony and how she became a Christian. And, and it, it sounds was, like it got more and more interesting as she went yeah, on. Yeah, it was absolutely astounding. My mouth was open the whole time. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you're gobsmacked. Um, yep. And then we had her come over for dinner, her and her husband, and share more with not just myself, but with my husband, Peter, and our children. And it was it's a miracle. Her story is a miracle of God's transforming power. So the other day, as you mentioned, we were having a chat, and I said, well, do you have any suggestions for guests? And you said, do I have the perfect suggestion for you? So that's where you come in, Sue. Thank you. (laughs) You have quite a story. We should go back. Where did it all begin? Where were you born and raised? I was born in Footscray in Melbourne, and in a northern suburb most of my life. haven't really gone far from where I grew up in Avondale Heights. And any spiritual upbringing? No, none none at all. Really, we were quite a a non-religious family and Christmas and Easter just consisted of presents from Santa and and Easter eggs. So, but you had an encounter, didn't you, spiritually when you were 17, is that right? Yes, at school we were in a year 12 camp and... I was really keen to find out if there was a spiritual, if, if the spiritual world was real. And so we devised this plan that at midnight we would go across and have a seance at the local cemetery. <laughs> and how did it go? Um, it didn't turn out really well. Yeah. Um, most of the children got scared and we ran away, but we, we regrouped in the school, in the scout hall, and had a seance which went for about four hours through the early hours of the morning, and it was really scary. So can I ask, did the teachers know about this, or was this just something you did 
secretly, a bunch of you? The teachers didn't know what we did until it all went pear-shaped and we all were screaming our heads off and running around like crazy. And um, But it scared me and I, I pretty much didn't want to do af- anything after that. And I think it's not that uncommon that teenagers, you know, in the supernatural and seances, there's going to be a natural interest in that type of thing. Absolutely. But before we go any further, I think we should make it clear that the supernatural world does exist. As Mm. Christians, we know that. Mm. There's God, angels, but there's also a demonic dimension of the supernatural. Yes. So we certainly don't want to glorify these types of things because they sound interesting, a Ouija board and seances and all that stuff. You've seen it in movies, but you're playing with fire. Yes, a lot of, uh, I was told that, um, am I sure I'm on the right side? When I, mm. when I first started and I rolled my eyes and thought, what are you talking about? There's no sides. Um, but there is definitely another side to that. Um, and so that's that's what we want to talk about today. Okay. And so was there more to the seance story? Only that it really put me into fear. And so I, I from 17 to about 24. What, what frightened you? Um, we had a manifestation in the seance and, and our fireplace flames came out of the fireplace oh, wow. and scared us mm. and we broke a few glasses and things that as we got up in fright and so after that I tended to steer away but I, I couldn't sleep with the light off mm. I was scared of the dark so in that seance uh, if I remember correctly you were talking about how a glass fell and it was basically saying if the glass broke your life was going you're going to die yes yeah, so someone had heard that if a glass breaks in the middle of the seance then someone would die yeah and we broke two so you, do you think that's where the fear came in because you had that in the back of your mind that that glass broke actually it fell out of my hand okay so i felt like i had caused it yeah, yeah. but then you still looked into clairvoyancy and medium is that right so you were fearful up to the age of 24 yes. but then you went on searching? Yes, I, I went um, after my honeymoon, actually. My mum invited me. She, she was doing meditation. She invited me to a meditation class. So I thought I was really relaxed. I didn't need meditation. I'd just come back from my honeymoon. But I thought I'll go along with her. I'd been away for a couple of weeks. So I went along to this meditation class. And halfway through the class, the the person who was leading it was doing something while everyone had their eyes closed. And I happened to open my eyes and see him do that. And I, I thought, see, he's doing something supernatural. What, was, what were you seeing? Well, he, he put his hand out. Everyone had their eyes closed. And there was about 20 people in the room with their eyes closed and the lights dimmed. And he had his hand reached out across the circle and he was reaching for someone. And that person had her eyes closed. And as he pulled his hand forward, her head fell forward. And oh, so wow. I was trying to work out how did that happen mm. She couldn't see him. He was doing something to her and, and she responded without looking. And so I asked him later, I, I said, I had one eye open, by the way, for the next, yeah. for the next part because I was scared he yeah. would do it to me. Could I imagine. Didn't, didn't yeah. know what he'd done. And when I asked him, he said to me, oh, you don't realise that there is a supernatural realm. And I said, oh, yes, I do. I've, I've had experience and I'm quite fearful. And he said, well, knowledge dispels fear and he gave me a brochure for his course that he did and he taught mediumship and so my mum and myself we did a 20-week course and learnt about the spiritual realm. Wow and when you were doing that course lead us through what that looked like 
did that fear go because you felt like you had more knowledge? It did. I, I felt like I knew what was going on. They did say that um, there's no devil. Okay. Um, there's no evil, um, but there is bad energy and good energy. Okay. And so it was around controlling the good and the bad energy. And so so that that dispelled a lot of the fear at the time. And, I, and we did things like crystal healing, Reiki, channeling, uh, tarot cards. Reiki is like a energy healing, mm. hands-on okay, kind yeah. of energy It's all new healing. to me, yeah. <laughs> so, so really you couldn't see anything bad in it because you haven't really been introduced to the light. So to you, you were helping people. Your heart was to help people. Absolutely. I mean, to help myself to start with because I would ask the spirits all kinds of things like where can I park and really simple things. And yeah. then um, then I would just help people if they were feeling sick. I would um, ask for the energy to come through the universe and through my hands and onto their body and, and heal them and they would feel better momentarily. And so I'd feel like, okay, I'm doing something good. I'm helping wow. people. So you actually learned all this stuff from this class. Yes. Yeah. And you're saying that in your experience, it seemed to be working. Absolutely. That was the thing. I It was real. I wanted to know if it was real and I experienced it was actually real. I just didn't realize what the truth was behind it. You're listening to The Story. Today, Sue Marrick is talking about her experience as a clairvoyant and a medium. But we'll find out how she eventually steps out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, Sue Marrick is talking about her experience as a clairvoyant and a medium. Before the break, we heard how she actually took a course on how to become a medium, and at that time, she thought she could use it to help people. But then things took a dark turn. She's chatting with Eric Scadabo and Samantha Jackal. So, Sue, you do this course on becoming a medium, and you suddenly have people come to you for readings and... How did that come about that people found out that you could read? I think we just started with friends and family and we just wanted to, I just wanted to experiment really to see if it was working. And so I asked people if they'd like a reading and then people started word of mouth, got around and people were coming to me, making appointments and um, I didn't take money for it because I thought I was just helping people. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so in my workplace even, they would come at lunchtime and, and book in readings and, and, and energy healings and things like that. And that went so far that you had to stop that, didn't you? Because it became so consuming, it your did. time consuming. It did. They, I found that a lot of people were obsessed about it and they wanted to come back again and again and again. And I started to wonder if it was a bit like an addiction. So I, I felt uncomfortable with it and I was thinking that I wanted to stop it and not do it as often. Yeah. So, so you then take a job with a Christian organisation or firm that's mm. run by Christians. Yes. And you have an encounter with God, but it's not probably in the sense that we would think of an encounter, but you had an encounter with the Bible. Yes. Is that right? Do you want to talk a little bit about that, what happened? 
it's funny story. My mum gave me a Bible when I left home. I was I was fourth out of five kids. No one else got a Bible. In fact, we'd never seen it before, but it was, I think it was hers. And she gave me this Bible when I left home. And I don't know why, but I had it in my drawer everywhere I moved. And I would occasionally open it up and always start at Genesis 1. And it was seemed like it was in a different language. I couldn't really understand it. So when I went to this Christian organisation, they had different Bibles, all different kinds of Bibles, and I, I couldn't believe that there were so many kinds. Hmm. So I would use one of these Bibles to give the the boss a scripture each day to start his day off on his run sheet. It was way before iPhones. So there was no Blackberries and iPhones <laughs> yeah. and anything. It was just a paper run sheet, and I would put a scripture at the bottom. So you're getting some brownie points. I was trying to get brownie <laughs> points. Yeah, yes. It's like giving him a word of the day to encourage him. Yes, without even realising that I was doing that. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I would open the Bible and ask the universe for a Bible verse. And so. Oh, yeah. but he didn't know you were asking the universe for which no, Bible he, verse. No, he didn't know. He, he just d- thought you were coming up with some yes, yes, verses. Yeah. Okay. So there was something going on in that Bible that I couldn't quite put my fingers on. And uh, the other thing that happened was um, the wife. She knew that I did all this sort of stuff and she never condemned me. She did say to me, though, to be careful and to make sure I wasn't on the wrong side, but she never condemned me in the midst Mm. of it. And I had an experience um, in my bed where the demons would um, try and get me and and hold me down. It was a bit like night terrors. Couldn't move, couldn't breathe, couldn't move, uh, was in the dark. And she said to me to call on the name of Jesus when that happened, and I I didn't really pay any attention. Now, we should say... With your getting involved in all these, what we know now is demonic forces. Yes. You're opening yourself up to demonic forces coming into your life and doing terrible things. Is, is that right? Absolutely. And I think it was because I, I wanted to put the brakes on. I tried to stop doing it. I didn't want to do it as often. And so in the evening, sometimes every couple of months, I would get these attacks and I would, wouldn't be able to break out of them. And so I told her about that. The Bible verse that's coming to my mind is that verse in the Bible that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. So he makes it so attractive to you. That's kind of how he got you sucked into this. Oh, absolutely. I think we try and do things that are we think we're doing the right thing. Um, but Because really, you had good motives. You wanted to help people Yes. when you got into this. Yes. So uh, it sounds nice. It sounds nice, and, and ho- hopefully people are getting answers, especially to people who have passed on or, or they've got grief or they want, they want answers about their future. And we thought we were helping. Mm. Yeah. So what's the transition from understanding that the Bible relates to a God and a creator and this incredible, awesome king? What's that journey for you to go from that time to knowing Jesus? What happened was um, I left that job. We, I, the business closed down and I actually took some time off. And there'd been an A-frame sign on the local roundabout for a community church. And I'd been seeing it for months, actually. And I thought to myself, I might go there. And I got up one morning. My husband had been to golf and the two children, two and four, were fed and dressed before nine o'clock. It was a miracle. And I was like, I'm wearing my tracksuit, my Adidas tracksuit, and I'm going to church. And if they don't like what I'm wearing, I'm leaving. So I got up to go, put the kids in the car, and I I actually had an accident. I smashed my knee so badly it, it put me on the floor. And I said out loud, you're not stopping me. I'm going. Wow. 
And so I got in the car and I got to this church and it was in a school, so it didn't look like a church building. It was just in a hall. And I was completely not expecting anything. And as I walked in the door, all the hair on my body stood up. And I used to cleanse houses and things. And so when I'd be able to recognize there was a spirit in the room, the hair on my body would stand up. But this was huge. This was, I'd walked into the hall, which is just a school hall. And I thought, I've never felt anything so big. This is humongous. And so I just sat, sat down, listened to the song and the sermon. And I, I think I just cried. I cried for three months. I went back and back and back and just kept crying and didn't know what was going on. And I thought, this is, God is real. I had no idea. So that presence that you felt mm. was much bigger than anything you had felt before, right? Absolutely. It was huge. And I thought, if God is real and this is his spirit, then I thought this whole thing was dead. I thought the the book was old, an ancient book. I thought this was a dead script. I didn't know that, that I didn't actually understand Father, Son and Holy Spirit until that moment. Mm. Mm. Now, why did you go to this church in the first place? I think I I think I decided I wanted good morals for my kids. And I thought if I went there my kids would have a good upbringing. That's that's where I think I I went for my kids. I told everyone I was going for my kids. So, at what point did you realize that being a medium, being a tarot card reader, all these energies were actually not from God, but they were actually bad? Actually, it was when I was pinned to my bed in the middle of the night, and my boss had told me if I wanted to be released from that, that I should call on the name of Jesus. And I, at the time, I laughed at her, but three months later, when it happened again in the middle of the night, I managed to get Jesus out, the the name, just forcing myself, Jesus, like that. And instantly I had peace. Mm. Instantly these things left the room and I went straight back to sleep. And I actually didn't do anything about it for about 12 months, but I was amazed that, that it worked. And I thought, well, that's there's something about the power in the name of Jesus. So... That's where I think it went. Mm-hmm. So from there, you go to the church mm-hmm. and you have this incredible experience with this feeling of this bigness of God. Mm-hmm. So you, at some stage, you accept Jesus. And then what happens then? So you become a Christian, um, your children, your husband. And what does life look like now for Sue? Well, about um, I, I was baptized about a year later. And eventually my three children became Christians and 12 years after me, my husband became a Christian. And currently I'm pastoring a church at Thornbury and it's my first placement. I went to Bible college, at, uh, started Bible college at 40 and so seven years on I'm, I'm pastoring a church. Isn't God amazing? Wow, wow. that's fantastic. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask was you had kind of this anxiety and panic attacks how did putting your faith in Jesus impact that part of your life? Oh, it was incredible. Actually, when I had some fear around some things that were happening at the time regarding my son, and I went to an elder and spoke to, to her about that, and she, she said to me, you've, come, you've stepped out of the kingdom of darkness. You've come into the kingdom of light. You're no longer under that curse. And I just, had, I just felt free. Yeah, 
can I just ask, do you want to just give us a quick snippet of that story, what happened with your son and sure. what that looked like? During that course that I was doing, we used to do readings on each other and someone had given me a reading and at the time I had two, uh, I had no children at the time and he said um, that my third child would die in early infancy. So before he was two, he would die. And so I had this fear, constant fear that if I had a third child, it would die and that that was my destiny. And so when I was pregnant with my third child as a Christian, I was in fear that that would happen. And so I went to my elder and explained and she, she we prayed together and she said to me, you, you're no longer of that kingdom. You're no longer under that curse. And, and we broke off any curses that were, were spoken over me and my son. He's 16 now and uh, he's a, on fire for God as well, mm. which is awesome. So as you mentioned, you're now a pastor. You're, you are in the light and you're leading and guiding others into the light. Mm. But, you know, looking back... You can see, you know, when you were in high school, a teenager kind of dabbling with seances and then eventually getting into the clairvoyancy and and being a medium and all that. Mm -hmm. What advice would you have listeners who might see somebody in their life that are starting to dabble with that and they think, no, no, it's fine? Well, there's a couple of things. The first thing is that I, I was completely, as a new Christian, I was shut down completely to anyone who was dabbling in that. I would avoid them. I would avoid conversation with them. And what I've learned is that they're just seeking. They're really looking for the truth. And it's it's not them as much. as So, so I, God revealed himself to me while I was still in there. Jesus revealed himself to me while well, I was still involved in it. And they're very much more open to, to, to God than, than most people, actually. Because mm-hmm. so they realize there is a supernatural that's dimension it, that to life. They get past that, mm-hmm. that. They know that there's a spiritual realm. They know it's real. And once they experience who Jesus is, then there's no going back. Yeah, so they're just seekers. Absolutely. Hungry. Yeah. Hungry. I was hungry. I was really seeking that to fill that that space that misled seekers misled seekers absolutely but they don't know what they don't know mm-hmm. yep. so, so that's I, where you come in that's where i came in <laughs> that's mm. where i come in this is where samantha yeah. comes in that mm. we can lead people to mm. the kingdom of light yes yeah amen anything else you'd like to share i think the the, the big thing for me is that these people or most of these people are really thinking that they're doing something good mm-hmm. and that the enemy is masquerading uh, as an angel of light mm-hmm. but but the ultimate goal of the enemy is to steal kill and destroy and it's only christ that brings life amen mm-hmm. amen yeah it's yeah. powerful and a verse from the bible that kind of sums up what we've been talking about today is found in romans chapter 13 verse 12 The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And that's exactly what happened in your life, Sue. Yes, it has. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Sue. That was Eric Scadabo, along with author and speaker Samantha Jekyll, chatting with Pastor Sue Marrick from Thornberry Church of Christ. And I think her story is really a warning for all of us. As the Bible says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So make no mistake, there's a real battle going on in this world between good and evil, darkness and light, and between God and the devil. 
And we need to beware of how Satan masquerades as an angel of light, trying to get us involved in dark spiritual practices involving the occult by making them look very attractive. So don't be fooled. We need to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. If you have any questions, please speak with your pastor, a Christian counsellor or a Bible school teacher. Well, thanks for joining us for Sue's inspiring story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. It was mum, actually, that was worried about me because she could see I was uh, uh, depressed and down in the dumps and she actually was the one that had said to me, why don't you go to this church in Brisbane? Because she could see I was quite confused living a double sort of a life. You know, he was a great nurse doing these wonderful programs with Aboriginal health, but my social life was just crazy. We'll have two stories for you next time with a motherhood theme. Vivian Wilson has been a mother to many and is the author of the book A Full Life, The Adventures of a Christian Worker. And Hazel Alley has had an adventurous life as well and is the mother of eight children in all. We'll hear their stories next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.